It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Our title sponsor, Wolf GMC Buick. 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. We love them. We also love our next guest. For lots of different reasons, mostly because of the dog. Time now for In the Community, brought to you by United Sport and Cycle, where you can save up to 35%. United Sport and Cycle, your home for hockey over 95 years. Bagnok joins us now from Oilers Nation. Your dog is how old? Uh, he just turned six. Okay, so, so yeah, he's a he's a middle aged man now. Right, so not ninety five dog years. He just getting there, you know. And uh, does Frank get a lot of exercise? Frank gets a lot of exercise. We do at least two to three walks per day. So the first thing, nice. start off the day with a two k walk. That's how I start my day. Frank gets to do a little cruise, and then when I get home from work, we do another two k. And if it's not pitch black or freezing cold, we'll do another one later in the evening as well. So, yeah, my boy is out there, and he's out and at him. So does he walk at your pace, or do you walk at his pace? Uh, it depends. So I actually have a couple of different leashes for him. So in the morning I have his kind of the short leash and then in the afternoon, he's got a long, a long line that he can just kind of go and explore and do dog things and sniff and investigate and just kind of live his best life. So he gets a little bit, he gets the best of both worlds. It's like Van Halen, whether you're a David Lee Roth guy or Sammy Hagar guy, I got both options for you. And does he get lots of treats and do you have a poop bag? Uh, always the latter is always actually, you know what? Always to both questions. Lots okay. of treats always have the poop right. bag. I am a responsible dog owner. Okay. Well then you can be my guest. <laughs> Excellent. Here I am. Uh, thoughts on last. I was, I, I feel like, you know, sometimes it's easy to forget what a Vander Kane does when a Vander Kane is a Vander Kane. But last night there was a reminder. He is a formidable human being. 1000%. And it is, What's really fascinating about Kane is it was, I think I'm doing this off the top of my head, so I think it was 10 games ago when they played the Winnipeg Jets and he got demoted to the third line and there was the quote with his interview with Scott Oak and everybody's kind of wondering, oh, is he calling the coach out or whatever? But in that time, he has 13 points. You know, he's got seven goals in this band since that demotion. So he's found a way to turn his season around and motivate himself. And then last night, the natural hat trick to close, not only to tie the game, but to close out the win. He's been arguably the Oilers' most consistent forward since that game against Winnipeg. So, yes, this is one of those seasons where we needed Evander Kane to rebound. Obviously, his season last year was derailed by the the pretty horrific injury he suffered in Tampa Bay. And this year, he's back to looking like Evander Kane again. He's in the mix physically. He's pumping some goals home. He is. He's chirping. He's running his mouth. He's, he's hitting. He's hacking. He's slashing. And he's being a player that's very, very difficult to play against. And for the Edmonton Oilers, they need him to be that guy. They need him scoring points. They need him throwing the body around. And they need him mucking about. And he is doing exactly that. It's been fun to watch him play. Yeah, he's sort of like Tyler Yurumchuk over at your offices, right? Like, you know, getting in there and making people upset, that sort of thing. That's exactly right. Tyler will come in the mix. He starts pushing people around, and then when you kind of challenge him on he goes, what are you even going to do? What are you going to do right yeah. now? And we all back down, right? We yeah. all back down from Tyler when he's getting Yeah, well, it's his giant clown feet that scare me. Still do. I have dreams about them. Um, Evan Bouchard, he, you know, Edmonton Oilers fans have seen this type of player a lot. Justin Schultz, Tom Pody, Paul Coffey was a much better skater, but he had chaos to his game. As much as Bouchard gives back and people get frustrated by, my God, he's a good player with a puck on his stick. Well, and that's, that's you live by the sword, you dive by the sword with Evan Bouchard, right? In my piece from this morning at OethersNation.com, I wrote about last night we got both sides of Evan Bouchard. 
We got some plays that, in my opinion, lacked urgency in the defensive zone that resulted in goals against. But then, like you said, at the other end of the rink, he's got so much poise with the puck on his stick that he's creating magic and ends up with three assists. It's kind of like there is chaos there. And it's almost what frustrates me, and and maybe you have an answer for this, Al, because you've seen it and you talked about coffee, but what frustrates me is if there was the same urgency level at both ends of the rink, this kid would be an absolute stud. And that's what frustrates me a little bit. But at the same point, love what he does on the offensive side of the puck. The play in overtime, the the way those three worked that puck in the offensive zone until finally Evander Kane uh, got the one-timer and put it home, like, that was a master class in puck management by those three, and Evan Bouchard was a huge part of it. But then at the other end of the ice, there's times when you think his controller disconnects and he's handling the puck like a live grenade, and it's almost confusing given what he does at the other end of the rink. Well, I will tell you the story of what, what probably will happen with uh, Evan Bouchard, but you, you may not like it. Uh, because if you look at Paul Coffey's career, uh, he, I mean, he was forever and ever and ever uh, uh, a wonderful skater and a great offensive player. But when Scotty Bowman got to Detroit, and I can't remember the year, he became so frustrated by Paul Coffey that it be, it drove him to distraction uh, defensively. So I think that the things that frustrate people about Bouchard now will always be there. He'll get better at them, but it's I think it's read and react, a foot speed thing. And his he, he I think he's a brilliant offensive player. But I think that he's a lot. There are people in the world. All of their cannons are pointed in the right or the uh, one direction, and I think that's kind of uh, what he is. And I mean, he's going to be a wonderful player for a long, long time, and he's going to get paid big time. I don't know if they can afford to keep Darnell Nurse and Bouchard. Do you? No. I totally agree with that off the jump here. We kind of got, uh, you know, Bouchard at 3.9, but then if he puts up points at the rate he can put up points at, we know what that costs when it's an NHL defenseman that can put up that kind of offense. So I completely agree with you. There's going to be some very interesting and difficult decisions coming down the pipe here at Edmonton pertaining to those two. And we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes because there's going to be a lot of people that are frustrated regardless of the answer to this question that we're talking about right now. And all we can do kind of from our vantage point is sit and watch it happen, sit and watch the roller coaster go up and down, and we'll see where we end up. But you're 100% right. I don't think you can have both. Mag Melk, our guest from Oilers Nation on a lowdown with low tide on Sports 1440. Uh, Stuart Skinner, is he back? Because I think he is. And then the second question is, when do they play Calvin Pickard on the road trip? Oh, that second part of the question is fascinating. I would love to know because here's the thing. We're talking about Stuart Skinner with three consecutive games above 914. And the irony of the situation is if he had given us three straight games of above 914 between the pipes uh, two weeks ago, we're probably not talking about a coaching change. So the answer is, I think you just got to keep letting him roll a little bit. But what does that look like? We've got three games in a row now. We've got a couple of days off between... Uh, last night's game and the matinee against the Lightning on Saturday. So you imagine he's going to be in for that one. I, I, do, you, do you play Pickard on the 24th against the Capitals? Can, can Skinner do another three straight? I think he can. He's a young man. He's in shape. He's ready to go. I'm not worried about him being tired. But you do have to get Pickard in at some point. So if I'm looking at this road trip, the most obvious is the Capitals. But then again, you're going against uh, Alex Ovechkin and, and, and squad over there. So I don't know that I have a good answer for you other than the Capitals. Yeah, I think I, I think you're bang on. I think that's exactly it. Um, so 
Next question for you, and this is one I'm writing an article, so I need an answer. I won't credit you, but I need it. Uh, Connor Brown, I I feel like Sam Gagne is a little bit overwhelmed playing on the top line, but I also think that Connor Brown would do well to enter the the, uh, lineup again on, say, the third line with McLeod and Fogel. Where would you put him when he comes back in the lineup? Yeah, I'm with you 1,000%. I think that... For the same reasons you're saying Sam is a little bit overwhelmed on the top line, I feel like throwing Connor Brown up there after, you know, he's he's got a little bit banged up here over the last handful of days. And I think trying to throw him up there with Connor, who now, let's, let's, let's add that he's starting to look like Connor McDavid again, and the wheels are flying and the hands are catching up. And I, I don't know that that's the best spot for Connor Brown to return to. And I think that probably inching him in will probably be the best bet. But, again, this is another player that played for Chris Knobloch and kind of would have an idea of what his mental makeup is and how he feels and how he's driven as a person. So maybe we do see him up there. But, again, no one asked for my opinion on these things other than you, Al. So I'm with you. I'd start him on the third line. Yeah, I think that's fair. So what's coming up for you on the uh, Oilers Nation? Are you guys flying anywhere? Is there any? Are you going to Florida? What? We've got a nation vacation coming up in February on the Family Day weekend. We are going down to Arizona to watch the boys play at Mullet Arena. We are going to be staying in, the, or we're going to be sitting in the den, which is kind of like the party zone of that arena. So we're going to be a group of fifty. We're going to stick out like a, thor, a sore thumb on TV. We're going to be loud, and I can't wait. We just wrapped up our trip to Seattle this past weekend, and the group we went down there with made for an experience that was so special. It's so much fun to hit the road with a group of like-minded Oilers fans and nation citizens, and just have the best time in a different location. Arizona is going to be no different. NationGear.ca, if you want to come with us. We're running out of spots. We're running out of places. We're going to pack up. We're going to fill this trip out. That's a promise. So if you want to jump in on this, if you want to go see the Oilers play in a spot that's only got 4,600 seats, then you might as well do it with us because we're going to have a blast down there together. So nationgear.ca is where you get all the details for our next nation vacation to Arizona. How, like, this is just really, you know, a bad question to ask live on the air, but is it affordable? Like, could a guy just, like, call you up and go and it's not going to break the bank? Yeah, like ultimately we try to make these trips as affordable as we possibly can. The the hitch on this one, this one's a little bit more probably just to be candid with you because we're flying on a long weekend. Mm. So it was ultimately the flight that uh, that kind of dinged us a little bit on this one, but we try to make these as affordable as possible. We want everyone to be able to come on one of these if you're wanting to and you're able to. So that's really the goal for our nation vacations is try to include as many people as we possibly can, and this trip was no different. Well, if my liver can afford it, one of these days I'm going to join you guys. So it'll have a good Love time. Love to have you. All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. There he goes. Bag milk. What is nation? If, would, you go on a, would you go on one of those trips with me? With you, absolutely. And yeah, then you could make sure that I, you know, didn't do anything dastardly. And yeah, I, of course. I think we'd have a lot of fun. Like we could go to museums and stuff. We could see <laughs> see the desert. Like I think it'd be a great time. <laughs> I'll tell you where I would want to go is the Grand Canyon. I've been there before, and I love it. I just love it. I would, you know, I mean, there's no condos of the Grand Canyon, but if there were, I'd be all over it. You're a funny guy. You just are a legitimately funny guy. Thank you. I appreciate that. I got to do something. So appreciate that. Useful as well as ornamental. Always important. Okay. um, Lots of texts coming in. There's just a ton of them about all over the place. I got you started on trade ideas and you have, you've filled my cup runneth over. And um, 
I, I, I want to talk. Somebody has written a very thoughtful, Eric has written a very thoughtful uh, post on uh, Jesper Wallstead. And I want to read it and then talk about it. And we will. That's on the way next. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. We're driven by Wolf GMC Buick, 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Hey, with the sex show on this weekend, are you going to be able to work Friday, or is you going to have to take the day off? Oh, I meant to talk to you about that. Um, right. Yeah, I'm going to be yeah. MIA. I think Hallie's going to step in for me, but he might be coming with me, so I don't well, know. Well, I mean, I, the, the, this place will be. It'll be me and Gregor. Yeah, you know, because you know, you know, me, Carius, the Duke, and Connor. Like we're all over that. What the hell is it with the Duke? Who is starting these these ridiculous nicknames? That's the Carius special. Calls me Fast Freddy or Freddy, something like that. This morning, he said like 11 times, well, when we don't have Mark Spector on, we'll call you. I'm like, well, well you can have me on too. <laughs> you know, you don't have to, like, we're not like, it's like, we're not the same people. If Spector's in the room, I could also be in the room. I mean, I don't understand. I'm, I'm a, I have a phone. You can call me. Call me. You know, come on, man. <sighs> And got it. Well, he, I do have a nickname. It's You Can Call Me Al, the Paul Simon song. The guy's like out of control with the nicknames. God knows what Gregor will be called. Something to do with Jason. Was Jason some kind of slasher film? Yeah, Jason Voorhees. He was the yeah. killer. In, uh, well, well, he didn't actually make his appearance until Friday the 13th Part 2. But, well, uh, that's he's be Gregor's nickname. That series. Well, tell me what's going on here. The Athletic has an article about Jim Harbaugh maybe going to the NFL because he's been suspended. Is that even possible? Yes. Yes, it's very much on the table. I think especially... So he he's been suspended, obviously, and he can he can coach the team during the week at Michigan, but he can't be on the sidelines for games. This is stupid. Why? I'm not disagreeing. I just want to know. Well, your thoughts if he, on it. What did he do? So it was sign stealing allegations. Essentially, okay. a Michigan staffer had been right. going to other Big Ten so games. Why can he coach during the week and not on the weekend? Either one or the other. This is like. It's dumb. No, I get that, but I think a big part of it was that the the NCAA and the Big Ten was pressed to take action. A lot of teams and a lot of coaches on in other programs were mad they hadn't taken action yet. the The investigation was still ongoing, and this suspension was kind of to ease the suffering of the rest of the teams to, to suspend them during the games. But since it's still an ongoing investigation, they don't know if they quite have the credibility to suspend him entirely. So I think that's where they landed. This is this is just dumb. It makes them look silly. It's it does. Like Gary Bettman runs the league. It does. It know? does. I mean, listen, the NCAA has always been, you know, such, such a poorly run program. And then when you have the individual conferences as well with their own governing bodies, it just creates such a mess. So well, I don't like it. I agree. It should have been one or the other. But well, here we are. Every year that Notre Dame doesn't win the national championship, there's something wrong. That's all I can say. Um you know the NHL, I love the league. I just love it. I adore it. I spend a lot of time watching it. It, it makes me happy to watch it. So skilled. You know, if you've ever played hockey, the, the doing all of that on skates just makes them monumental athletes. Did you know there was a game in Sweden today and it's four nothing Ottawa? Like I, I did, I'm, but I'm not talking about like as a broadcaster. Did you know yesterday it was going to be on? I did. Yes. What, but did, I, did they publi- publicly? I get yes. Pub-bubble? That was going to be bubble bubble. Did, did they, they pubble, t- bubble Did they talk about this game? I get where you're coming from, and I think the marketing was poor. I don't think a whole ton of it was out there. I think you had to look for the information a little bit, but if you looked, it was there. But we had a couple texters saying, did you know this game was going on in Sweden? So to your credit and to their credit, yes, the marketing could have been a whole lot better for this Global Series game. 
and Brady Kachuk is going off. He's got a couple of goals. Uh, Josh well, Norris has scored and an assist. Tutsla is such a good player. He's in his home continent, you know. He's He's got to put on a show. It's in Sweden, and he's German. Yes, but home continent, home continent. No, no, I didn't I, say home country. I, okay. I was not accusatory. Okay. I thought you were coming at me. Well, a no, there. no, I wouldn't. As you know, I never do that. Chris Johnson reporting that Bill Daly says the NHL is looking to have an international tournament in February 2025, and then wants to return to the 2026 Olympics and stage a World Cup that follows two years afterwards. So Connor McDavid is just being robbed here. This is just absolute robbery. And I mean, you know, you can say, well, you know, and I get it. You know, owners are paying a lot of money for Connor McDavid to be healthy. But this this is sort of established law that these players were going to get a chance to be in the Olympics. And now it's not a case. I think it still goes back to the John Tavares injury. Uh, Eric says, I think people are simply suggesting that as of right now, Wallstead is a much better prospect. Uh, one has the ceiling of becoming a franchise goaltender that could fill the most important position in the sport for well over a decade. The other's ceiling is a good top six forward. I'm not sure there's a GM in the league that would entertain the thought of trading Wallstead for Borgo as of right now. Of course, things could change, but Borgo can't even score in the AHL. Would you make that trade? Have a good one, guys. From Eric. I read that because that is a great retort. Eric, Eric understood what I was saying and then delivered a knockout blow to my contention. That is a very well-thought-out text, and I thank him for it, and I agree with him. I would not make that trade. So put that in your pipe and smoke it, low tide. Um, I would not have remembered their games in Sweden if I didn't follow hockey podcasts like Daily Faceoff. Okay. Al, just wondering your thoughts. How many first-round picks would it take to have a shot at getting Hellebuck uh, or someone similar in trade? How many third- or fourth-round picks would it take to get a team like San Jose to eat Campbell's contract? Finally, how many second-round draft picks to get Gudis out of Florida? Well, I, I love Gudis. I really do. I think per per $5 million a year, well, Campbell has, I think, three left after this. I think a first-round pick is required. So you'd have to send three firsts. For to get rid of him, um, Halibut. I don't think is going anywhere. Winnipeg probably feels like they have, you know, as good a chance as anyone to win the Stanley Cup because they're in it right now. They're playing well, and the other thing about it, when we talked about it in the off season, you know, Halibut hadn't been signed. Now he's been signed, so I think the pressure to get a Halibut may still be on, but he's not available. We'll have to pick a new Halibut. Poor marketing. If there were ever a tar- target market, the assertion would be valid. Well, I think Ottawa Senators, Detroit Red Wings fans would be the target market. For Harbaugh in Michigan, this situation is like getting someone investigated for a crime to serve weekends until they're either convicted or acquitted from Philip. Uh, you know, I, I do agree with that. I think that, you know, if, if you, if you haven't proven it yet, what are you punishing him for? They, uh, they, just as, as a follow up on that, they do have a hearing tomorrow, a Michigan Big Ten hearing. It's going to take place, I think, 9 a.m. local time in Ann Arbor. So we're going to get some answers. One way or the other, we're going to get some answers. So in Ann Arbor, 9 a.m. Uh, local time would probably be 10 a.m. our time? No, uh, wouldn't it be 8? Aren't they an hour ahead? Michigan? Michigan is east. 
Yes. So if it's eight o'clock there, uh, nine o'clock there, nine o'clock there, then it would be. Are they central or are they east? No, I think they're central. So then it would be eight o'clock here. Yeah. Okay. All right. Shout out to Low Tide. Always a good show from Corey. Corey's my favorite. Corey rules. Everybody else drools. What would it take to get Linus Olmark? Well, a lot, but he would be a good target. Rumor has it Nuge was stealing signs from Seattle and giving it to Kane. Wonder if he gets suspended. I don't know how the hell you'd steal anything in hockey. It's just chaos. The owners won. If they keep playing like they did last night, they won't have a chance at the playoffs for Mark. It, there was chaos, but there's always going to be chaos. I said this earlier. They've got too many cannons pointed in the same. Like, Darnell Nurse is a two-way guy. Cody Cece is a shutdown guy. Bouchard is a puck-moving defenseman. Ekholm's a two-way guy. Kulak's a two-way guy. DeHarnay's a shutdown guy. you got two shutdown guys, two puck movers, and then two two-way guys. If you want to have a better defense, you have to have either two-way guys who are more defensive or more shutdown guys. I prefer Nurse to 9.25 over 9.25 Bouchard, personal opinion. I think it, I, I think the team does too. Um, I would take I would take Bouchard, but I would try to keep both of them. So why is Edmonton's media justifying Bouchard's lazy entitlement? I see it with Nuge as well. Why are they allowed to have major flaws? Then you talk about how the defense isn't good enough and they don't play physical enough and win board battles. Well, Bouchard and Nuge are major culprits of these deficiencies and get significant ice time. No logic. Well, we go over to their place and drink for free is why. You know, they're just good people, so we defend them. Um, I'd rather be coming off a win after playing bra- uh, bad than a loss with uh, a loss I'm okay with last night. Yeah, they look, they, they stole one. They... They had, were they down two goals and then scored three? Is that what happened? I think it was. Hey, LT. Like you lived through the decade of darkness with the orders, would you consider the decade or disappointment if the orders can not bring a cup home before 2025, Mr. Bleach? I have a different opinion than just about everybody on this because I've watched a lot of hockey over a lot of years. And really, really good teams, teams with Hall of Famers, have not won Stanley Cups, in my observation. The 1972 New York Rangers had John Rattel, Vic Hadfield, Rod Gilbert, Walt Kachuk, Pete Stemkowski, Billy Fairburn, Teddy Irvin, Bruce McGregor, Brad Park, Jim Nielsen, Dale Rolfe, Rod Sealing, Jill Villemere, Eddie Jackman. Probably missing a couple. They were a very good team. They didn't win a thing. Chicago Blackhawks of the same era. Donnie Esposito in goal. Keith Magnuson. Bill White. Pat Stapleton. Bobby Hull. Stan Makita. Pitt Martin. Dennis Hull. Very good player. Jim Pappen. Didn't win. The Edmonton Oilers may not win a Stanley Cup in this era. It's not promised to them. Um, I think it would. the chances would have been far greater... If Gary hadn't put Vegas and Seattle in the division during the period of time that Connor McDavid was here, it doesn't matter now. I think they can win the Stanley Cup this year. I predicted that they would. I did not expect we'd see 
the the miles of bad road we've seen so far this year. Here's the bottom line. The Edmonton Oilers were two games away, games five and six from beating Vegas, and they had some bad luck and they had a couple of calls that went against them. And they did run up against a goalie who was suddenly in the game and hot. And they're close. They were close. And I think they'll be close again this year. But it's not guaranteed. Really, really good teams have been really, really good teams and not one Stanley. It's hard to do, especially in a 32-game league. 32-team league. 32-team league. People get really irritated that you type so much, by the way. And they don't realize what you're doing, so I'll tell them. People text stuff in, and Low Tide doesn't answer them all. He answers lots of them. Lots of them. Did you see Yamamoto on muscle number two last night? Cost a goal, embarrassing. Bouchard has issues defensively. And I don't think he out-muscled him. He just, he, he had, he made the play. Yamamoto's a really good player. I, I know people don't like saying that, but he is. His problem is injury. I know he's small. I know you like big people who can thump people and wish they could carry clubs around. But Yamamoto is a really good player. Injury is his issue. Last year he had it. The others sent him away. And he's playing in Seattle, and I think he's going to have a fine career there. Last week you said we were a lottery pick. Well, they were, the Oilers were a lottery pick last week. They were, they had the number overall, number one. They were in last place. They had the number one overall pick. I didn't say they would be. I said they could be. And, you know, they, they were close to not winning that game last night. I think that they, they'll pull themselves up. I think they need a goalie. Um, but it looks like McDavid's coming around. Leon is certainly coming around. Evander Kane looks like Evander Kane, and Hyman's still Hyman. And Matthias Ekholm is slowly but surely getting better. You said it was time that we started wrapping our heads around the fact we would most likely be a lottery pick. Well, they changed the coach. They've won three in a row, two with the new coach. It doesn't mean they're not going to be a lottery pick. This, you know, the recovery that you're seeing is still fraught with danger. There's a lot of chaos on this team. I still think they can win the Stanley Cup. Any any team with Connor McDavid on it has a chance. Gary from Spruce Grove, McDavid will never win a cup in an Oilers jersey. Well, we'll see. Stan Fischler wrote in 1983, it made me so mad I kept it. I still have it. It's probably the best article ever written by a sports uh, a columnist uh, for me because it targeted me. It made me angry, and I saved it. I saved it. Like I say, I still have it. I still have it. Dennis Potvin's on the cover of the Hockey News. And in it, I, I Dan Fischler said the Otis will never win anything. Well, Wayne Gretzky's there, and while Glenn Sather's there, a bunch of whiny babies. Oh, I was angry. I um, and this was after the '83 Stanley Cup final. 
I had just been married. I was on my honeymoon when I was reading it. Shows you what kind of guy I was. Yeah, it's great, honey. I'm just reading this thing on, you know, and then I'd get mad. Um, but I saved it all these years. And the orders won five Stanleys, four with Gretzky. We say things like they're, we just drop them off as facts, and none of them are. I do that. Everybody does that. It's wild to see what a goaltender can do for a team. Skinner makes a huge glove save in the final few minutes of the game, which sets the stage for Kane's tying goal. It's true. In the last three games, at 5-on-5, five five, which is the biggest game state, Stuart Skinner has made 65 saves against 69 shots. That's a 942 save percentage. That's really good. That's really good. That's in 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 not very many games, three games, 942. Okay? So in the rest of the time, previous to then, it was 889. Skinner at 5-on-5 hasn't been great. But the special teams have also been really, really horrible. Mark says, LT on the TV broadcast, the Wednesday panel in Louis uh, highlighted how 56 totally out-muscled number two. It was an outright out-muscle, brutal play. I was done with number two uh, until he made the awesome pass to Kane. Welcome to the Mindbender uh, coaster for Mark. Well, he's going to be that way. But he, I, you know, uh, Yamamoto had position. I guarantee it because it was just a straight fifty-fifty muscle play. I didn't. I, I know I saw the play, but I don't recall the exact moment that he did it. Uh, Low Ted, am I wrong to think there's a possibility that Paul Coffey might be able to coach defensively sound hockey? Yes, he was an offensive-minded D-man, but because of that, he might be able to recognize what teams do to limit offense. No different than a defensive forward becoming a coach and knowing what offenses need to do to beat good defense. It's a great, great question, and I think that there's a chance he can. He's a smart guy. Uh, he survived in the world of hockey, and that's a tough thing to do as an executive. Um, one thing I don't like is they seem to be rolling the three defensive pairs, like just straight rolling them. And you'd like to, I would like to see them run Evan Bouchard in offensive zone starts and then Nurse Cece in the defensive zone starts. And I would like to see Philip Broberg playing with Matias Ekholm. LT, where are all the Nurse haters today after he kept the game to one goal deficit with his block? Well, you don't get that, though. Remember, people say things, but then they never... It's like a one-trick pony. Um... There are that, that's not true of everybody. There are people who will say, "Oh, you know what? This is wrong. Or, this was in, incorrect. I I said this. This was the way it was at the time, but it has turned around." But there there it's infrequent. ILT and DK, I enjoyed the banner between you two. Nickname for DK could be the Declinator. Wow. Yamamoto gave two a little hook on that battle. Well, there you go. I'm what I'm saying is that that you know people like people. It's 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 you know down on Bouchard Day, and I get it. I understand it, but we all. I think it's fair to to ask everybody to be like accurate in their criticism. There's a lot to criticize. 
Bouchard did not have a good game defensively. He had an awesome game offensively. You'd like him to cut down on one and increase the other. I blame the win on Nurse. Okay, there you go. Everyone's making a comment on that glove save. I'm pretty sure it was going wide. Fifteen points in fifteen games tied for Eric Carlson, one hundred point Eric Carlson, thirteen point five million dollar man. I never thought they could trade for him. I know there were media people are like, why don't they trade for Carlson? How? If five million dollars a year costs you a first round pick, how many first round picks do you have to send for Eric Carlson and his contract? Like eleven D? It never made any sense to me. People I it's like a train. Somebody mentions something, and then everybody just goes for it. But it's it's a locomotive going down the track with no logic or reason. Look at that Carlson contract. How in God's name could Cannon Holland get that contract onto this roster? There's not enough picks. What was the thought between behind starting three by three with Ekholm, Dry, and Bouchard? Well, that's something for the coach. Maybe he they ended up defending for a long period, as I recall. Have you done any work with AI yet? Yeah, I've done a little bit. Um... Yeah, I like to I like to check it out, see what it has to say. Every now and then, I'll try and play chess against it sometimes, and they're not too good yet. The Snapchat AI, but no, you know it's fun out there. Right, we have a break to take, don't we? Yeah, we should we should take that right now. All right, let's do that. Sizzler has a great comment. We'll talk about it next. Low down with low tide on Sports fourteen forty. Low down with low tide on Sports fourteen forty. Brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. First holler I ever went to was Kim Mitchell. Ever go to the holler? Like uh, the Halloween holler by yeah. one of the states? Yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah, I've been to oh, Okay. Who did you see? Um, well, one was Billy Talent, I think. Okay. But not this past year. I think it was an old year. And then some 41. Okay. Yeah. All right. yeah it's okay. Yeah. Um. What's the best band you ever saw live? Like just you're like you walked out going. Yeah, it's a great question. I saw the Killers in a music festival and they were incredible. <laughs> now the best artist I ever saw live was Tina Turner. Seen her twice. Yeah, I can see that. I've never seen like she opened for Lionel Richie in in 1984 when What's Love Got to Do with It was hitting the charts and Private Dancer was the album was moving up the charts and she opened for him. She did like 45 minutes and. I still, to this day, remember the crowd noise when she was done. There was a roar, and then it never really stopped. It just kept, it just kept going. And there, you know, people were going to the washrooms and going to to do whatever because they knew it was going to be some time before Lionel Richie came on. And there was still a, such a hot, loud buzz. Um, the best band I ever saw would probably be a tie between Genesis, who were great at Commonwealth. And the Rolling Stones, also great at college. Yeah, I could see both of those being incredible. Yeah. So, there you go. I think the best artist I ever saw was J. Cole. 
It was also at a music festival. Yeah. He's a rat. And he just put on like one, just such a one of a kind performance. I was so impressed. Who would you like to see that you've never seen? Um, wow. That's a great question. I think it would be it like, th- this has to be like a plausible scenario. This can't be rewinding the clock. Well, like I can't pick either Mike. or. Okay. Well, I would have loved to see Michael Jackson live. I mean, yeah. just seeing that Tremendous would have been artist, yeah. an incredible show. Right now, an artist that I would love to see live. Oh, that's a great question. I think, you know, it's no one's going to, this pick is not going to resonate with anybody, but he's my favorite artist. So to see Lil Baby live would be, it would oh. be a real treat for me. I'd like to see Neil Young anytime. Like Neil Young would be great. From 71 till now, I would love to have seen him. And, um, <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, that would probably be the one. I didn't see Bowie. I'd love to have seen Bowie. Love to see Talking Heads. I mean, in a similar vein, like if I could have seen the Beatles live at the peak of British Beatlemania, that would have been something else. Like obviously, these are you know these are no. time machine picks, not realistic picks, but no. still, I mean, it would have been incredible. There was a uh, Saturday Night Live. I don't know what year seventy. They knew. John Lennon lived in New York, and they knew, I think, Paul and George were in town, and Lorne Michaels went on and said, I have like $500 for the Beatles. If you want to come and play here live tonight, you can do it. And apparently they saw, they were watching, and they thought about it, which is very cool. Or a lie. Either way, I like it. Uh, this comes in from Sizzler. I like Knobloch's explanation on that play. Win the draw, McDavid comes on immediately, lose the draw, already defensively sound. Or did you say that? that yeah, that was my reply to him. But oh, but we did have texts in that came <laughs> came like that. So it's all the same. Low tide learning. So good. Led Zeppelin, cream, cream. I'd love to have seen. I was a fan of Pearl Jam before the show, but I've never seen a band that sounds so good live. I'd love to see ELO or Cypress Hill from Husks. ELO would be really good. Paul McCartney was amazing, I believe that. Red Hot Chili Peppers at Skyreach. LT, I find I'm a realistic water fan. I can call a spade a spade. Bouchard is valuable to his team, but he reminds me of Justin Schultz and should be on the third line defense right now, right shot, and not make any more money than what he is right now. We need an Adam Larson type player for us on the second line pairing. Well, I've, I've suggested Broberg go there, and I have no problem with Bouchard being on the third pair, but give them offensive zone starts. If you're going to do that, if you're going to treat him like an offensive player, then give him the offensive zone starts. I would have loved seeing Jeff Beck too late now, unfortunately. You know, the Yardbirds had Jimmy Page, Jeff Beck, and Eric Clapton at one time or another, and I think, I might be wrong, but I think Clapton played with Beck briefly, or but maybe Page played with. Either way, what a ridiculous lineup. And then Keith Ralph, the lead singers, formed a band called Renaissance, which was very good and morphed into something completely different, but was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. We've covered just about everything. We didn't cover, we talked about it, but we did not make it a, official. Um, Oakland Athletics are going to Vegas. And so the next step for Major League Baseball is to 
expand. Two teams, um, Charlotte, Salt Lake City, Mexico City, Portland, Nashville, Montreal. My belief is they will expand to Salt Lake City and Nashville, but we'll see. Salt Lake City makes sense. You've got a team in that time zone to go with Colorado and uh, Arizona. What's your favorite sports moment, like all time? All time? Hmm. Well, I like the one. One, I the I think the one would be the field goal to win the nineteen eighty nine Grey Cup. That uh, that Ridgeway hit. Obviously, I didn't see that live, but looking back and what it meant for Saskatchewan. That's the and, greatest Grey Cup game ever. Yes, ever and and looking back and what that meant for that team and and for that province and that culture, it was incredible. Obviously, I didn't see it live. So one that I saw live, my favorite ever moment would. Man, it's tough. There's so many good ones. It might be for me. Israel Adesanya knocking out Robert Whitaker at UFC 243 in Australia to win the UFC middleweight title. Mm-hmm. Knocked him out in the second round with a picture-perfect left hook. Watched the highlight a million times, and I'll watch it a million more. I think we all have our favorites. I, I If I had to pick one, um, I'd pick Len Anderson's goal. In Game 7 against the Philadelphia Flyers because that was the most nervous I ever was in a Stanley Cup final that involved the Oilers. I did not know they'd win that game. That was such an amazing series. And it mattered a lot. Like, it's it's easy to forget how much that mattered, that series, because of, you know, 86. And then afterwards, Wayne Gretzky handing the cup to Steve Smith. That, to me, is the ultimate Oiler moment. Like if you were going to do a movie of the orders, that would be for me the 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 place where you would have the 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 pinnacle, the great moment. So far, Donovan Bailey winning goal, unreal, Cham. That was, I agree with that. How could it not be Crosby's goal? Well, we we just gave our opinion. You could have your opinion too. I could watch Evander Kane one punch. Matt Cook over and over again from Husks. Renaissance Ashes Are Burning, amazing album. Yeah, they really, some of the music that came out during that era, if you go back and listen to it, it just, even like Jethro Tull, pretty famous, great music. Um, th- there are just songs that, that you know, that, that stay with you and then you go back and you go, man, that was as good. As I thought it was, you know, they're just they're timeless. Um, who knows where the time goes? Um, Sandy Denny is a song that that I, it's recorded a couple of different times that I know of. That is just really good, just really really good. That's just one song, one example. Steve Winwood has several of those different bands that he was with. So tomorrow's Friday. That means we have Steve Lansky and Tyler Uremchuk. That's the plan. Mm-hmm. 
and um, it's garbage day at my house, so I got a lot of work to do tonight. But all the, you know, what day's garbage day at your house? I don't know. I live in an apartment, so it's, it's kind of all the same to me. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And you're you live solo in an apartment? Yeah, just oh. me. So if I went to your house, what's in the fridge? Like uh, right now? Oh like my! Maybe days. some some potato chip. Uh, you know, just uh, the bag. Yeah, and then six beer. Um, a rock star and noodles. <laughs> I think in my fridge right now I have two eggs left. Uh, a container of yogurt. Is it uh, uh, eatable? Edible? It, it actually probably needs to be thrown out. Funny right. enough, yeah. yeah. So yeah. You, you're on me there. Yeah. Uh, a jar of peanut butter. Always. A jar of jam. Always. And maybe some bread. So you're not sure about the bread. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, it might be on my counter, but it's pretty bare in there. Okay. So what are you having for supper? Are you going out for dinner? Well, it's my dad's birthday, actually. Nice. So, yes. Yeah, so I'm going to okay. go. I'm going to go see him after work today and yeah. uh, have dinner at his place. So yes. that one's covered. So um, how old? Or no, don't 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 answer that. Uh, <laughs> uh, range sixty? No, fifty. Uh, between fifty and sixty. Yeah. Okay. Well, you say, I said 60? No. Yeah, no. Stupid. And then I go, 50? Ah, between 50 and 60. By all accounts, my parents are, I think, they're pretty young compared to people my age. Maybe not, but I don't know. They're younger than some of my friends' parents. Okay, well, sure. how old was your dad when you were born? He was 27. Okay, that's pretty. I was 30, 30 and 32 when my yep. kids were born. Yeah. So I still wasn't ready, but I was getting there. I was going to say, I look back on it and I laugh at him because there's no way he was ready as a 27-year-old. Why? I... I I was married when I was 21, and I really wasn't ready to be a dad. You know what? He was actually 26, and he was turning 27 later in the year. Hmm. So, Well, and and um, so now that we've covered your parents again, we talk a lot about your family. Yeah, they're great. I love my family. Yeah, they're great. You're a really intelligent genius sister, and you're a really intelligent genius little brother, and you. My whole family supersedes me in every single way. But what are you going to do? <laughs> I'm sure that's not true, but my God, I love talking about it. Uh, what's Gregor got coming up on his show? Yeah, great show. Great show coming up for Jason, as always. Robin Brownlee from Oilers Nation is going to be by. Chris Rankle uh, from Local 12 Cincinnati going to talk some Thursday Night Football. Terry Ryan, Monday, Thursday co-host. He's going to be on at 3 o'clock. Colin Livingston as we speed things up in the Cantork Race Report, 340. Julian McKenzie from The Athletic Flames Writer. He's going to be by at uh, 420 Spec. And then Gareth Wheeler from One Soccer to wrap everything up. Going to be a great day. All right. Uh, that's it for us. Thanks so much for tuning in. We're back tomorrow. Uh, this is The Lowdown. I'm Alan Mitchell, and it's time now for a sports update.